sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour you'll find them at the back of the range and here's your host ben adelberg and welcome to the back of the range i am your host ben adelberg this is episode 269 Gonna jump into this episode relatively quickly, but wanted to give a quick update on my travels. Unfortunately, I was not able to attend the Chattanooga Choo Choo Invitational this week due to illness. With all of the travel that I'm doing, jumping on planes at different hotels, well, these things happen. Really bummed because I've been wanting to check out the Choo Choo for quite some time. Today is the final round, and I know that I'll be tuning into the live stream this afternoon and I encourage you to do the same as well to learn more about this great tournament. So go to ChattanoogaChooChooInvitational.com, jump on the live stream today to watch the final round, and I promise I will be there next year for this great tournament. My very special guest on this episode of The Back of the Range is Drew Cohen. If you don't know who Drew Cohen is, well, that, that's okay. That's what The Back of the Range is for introducing you to dynamic personalities in and around the game of golf. Well, first of all, Drew Drew does play golf. Let's just start there. He was one of the stars of Wellesley High School's golf team that competed for a state title in Massachusetts. Now, he doesn't play college golf, and he's never played in a USGA championship, but he's been inside the ropes late on a Sunday with a chance to win a PGA Tour event, And he also knows what it feels like to deal with the pressure of competing in a major. You see, he was inside the ropes at the U.S. Open at Brookline this summer. So if he's not playing at the highest level, how is Drew Cohen finding himself at the top of the game without a club in his hand? Well, technically, he he does have a club in his hand. Actually, he, he carries 14 of them, but not for himself. You see, Drew is caddying for the other star, on the Wellesley Mass High School golf team, a guy by the name of Michael Thorbjornson. I first met Drew last summer when he was catting for Michael at the Western Amateur. As you probably know, this was a dream week for the both of them, as Michael set a course record at Glenview, earned medalist honors, and raced through the match play portion of the championship to win the Western Amateur. This was Drew's second time on Michael's back. So before Michael gets ready to defend his championship next week at the Western Amateur, I thought it would be fun to speak with Drew a year later and learn about what it's like to caddy for one of his best friends, but also one of the best amateurs in the world. We spoke about his learning curve, what he does to prepare to caddy on the largest stages in golf, and the delicate balance between being Michael's friend and also his caddy. Let's jump right into this episode. Drew, welcome to the back of the range. How are you? How are you? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, I mean, I've had greats on this podcast, over 250 episodes, USGA champions, uh, Jack Nicholas for, uh, for, for, I mean, I'm not sure how that happened, but yes, Jack Nicholas was a guest on the podcast. And now finally the great Drew Cohen. I mean, how do you feel (laughs) at this moment right now? Um, I feel great. Wow. I, I can't believe that Jack Nicholas was on this podcast. Now you got, you got Drew Cohen. I mean, like that comparison is uh, pretty funny. <laughs> We're moving on and upward in a direction that no one ever really anticipated. So people are going to wonder why is Drew Cohen on this podcast? And we're going to let them understand why by the end of this, we're going to have a great conversation and probably we're going to be talking 
you know, about you, but also about the guy that you you kind of every once in a while carry a golf bag for, Michael Fjordbornson, who has also been on this podcast. But let's um, let's do what we always do here at the back of the range. Let's learn about the guest and how they got into the game of golf. I know you grew up in Florham Park, New Jersey. You identify yourself more as a Wellesley Mass guy. So when did you get into the game of golf? And then we'll kind of decipher and determine the connection with Thor Bjornsson. Um, so when I was growing up, I was a huge, huge baseball player to start. But then I got into hockey. And the hockey was pretty, pretty huge for me for during my like grow, uh, upcoming years, definitely during my teenage years. So when I got the when my my parents, uh, they're divorced and when my mom got remarried and we relocated to Boston. So I like when I uh, when I was moving to Boston, um, I know that they had competitive hockey there. So I was really excited about that. But um, I drew my my love during the summers. I I went on the golf course with my with my dad and I uh, started playing golf. And I and then I I had the a couple of years where I was in the nineties and eighties and I started to be able to shoot in the seventies. And I was like, Hey, like I, I want to start taking this game to like a competitive level. So, and then I met Michael a year after um, moving to Wellesley and I just saw how talented he was. And I just always tried to catch him, but could never do so. But um, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty funny. Uh, and uh, so he, he, he definitely helped with like growing, like with my love of the game of golf and, um, like the relationship that I have with him just like on and off the course and like golf related, not golf related, like that really took off because of golf. And that just shows how like golf is just so important. And it's so much like, it's so much more than just uh, a club hitting the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how, that's how I met Mike. I met Michael, just like our, my parents, my parents actually, like they just like contacted Michael and they're like, Hey, like let's set up a play date during like sixth grade. And <laughs> Uh, the rest is history there, you know? That's awesome. So so when you're first playing with him, I mean, there may be a, a, a level, a different, you know, there may be a level um, that he's at that you're not at. But do you maybe remember the first time when you guys are out playing? I mean, obviously now you can look at it with what he's doing, you know, winning a U.S. junior and playing at Stanford. And we'll get to what he's, what you, what both of you have done over the last few weeks. But do you remember growing up, I think you guys met, maybe middle school, high school, something like that, where you're seeing him hit the ball and you're seeing some of the things that he's doing and it's kind of registering. And that's kind of a tough thing for like a 10, 11, 12 year old to be like, wow, um, I'm not, I'm not as good as, as him. Right. Um, I, I remember when I meeting Michael for the first time and I was, I'm a, I'm a ready, a really competitive person. I remember just being like, ah, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to show this kid up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know that this kid, there's a lot of hype around him. Oh, he's like the best, one of the best juniors in the world. And like, he's won uh, the world when he was 10 and 11. I'm like, oh, how, how, how could, how good could he be? You yeah, know what I mean? He's not so, Drew Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I thought. And then um, I went to at Mick Golf that in, uh, at Mick Golf, I think that's, is that in Natick or Dedham? I'm not sure. But um, at uh, Mick Golf, that's like 15 minutes away from us. Uh, that's like where we went to the range for the first time. And, like right away, I could just tell that like this kid, the the way that the ball sounds is just so much different than like the way that mine sounded or anybody on the range sounded over there. And to continue into this day, like I'll be at we're, we'll be at uh, the Travelers, and I could see even these tour guys like turning their heads around, like being like, "Wow, like this this kid's pretty special." <laughs> um, really, Gavin, watching this crap yeah. for the last ten years, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. glad you're seeing it too. 
<laughs> yeah. And then, um, so I, I met Michael at McGolf and right away, like I knew that I, I, I couldn't really keep up with him. And I thought that over the years, maybe my games could develop into that, sure. but, um, it, it, it didn't. And like, I had my, I've had my rounds here and there, but, um, overall, like his, his, his ability is just really unmatched by like anyone I've ever, I've ever seen. So. Yeah, I mean, I saw pretty, I, pretty quickly, pretty quickly, I knew, I knew that he was something special. Now, listen, I'm happy to carve out as much time as you'd like in this episode to talk about that one time that you beat Michael. So go ahead, we're ready. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of there's got like an asterisk next to that. So there's it, no asterisks on this podcast. Yeah. No, I, don't worry about that. Don't even mention that. <laughs> nah. No, no, go ahead. So I think that it says that I beat I beat Michael during my senior year out of our 15 matches twice or three times, and that was at our home golf course in the Hoyden Golf Club, and he absolutely hated that place. I, all I remember was that course was like a pitch and putt course, so like that it's a par 36 or 35, and it's like 3,000 yards, and and I was able to put in a couple nines where I shot like three under or something like that. He shot like one or two under, but, but that, that, that wasn't like real, like real golf. I, I've actually, I don't even know if I've ever beat him on an 18 hole match. And we've played hundreds of times together where eventually I could be leading through nine or 10 holes, but he's always, he's got that mental game on me. And I know that his game is just way more consistent than mine. So I don't even know if that counts as a couple wins, but like, hey, they're documented. I'll take them. Hey, you know, listen, I mean? as far as so. I'm concerned, if you take two nine-hole rounds, put them together. Last time I checked, that's 18 holes. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out here, Drew. I mean, it's, it's in, 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 the, in the court, uh, it, according to the back of the range record books, you have defeated Michael Thurbornson. It's done. So, um, so let's let's talk. You guys leave. You guys go to IMG Academy down in Florida together. I know you're just there for for a freshman season he spends a couple years there and then i remember when i spoke with him on his episode here at the back of the range he mentioned that he wanted to go back to mass wanted to kind of get not that img isn't a normal high school experience but it's more of the hometown friends of his like yourself at at home in massachusetts he kind of wanted that before going away to college at stanford and i remember him mentioning that and you know, you're thinking, okay, that's great, but but he's, you know, he's just going to go take class and, you know, hang out with the guys and go to prom and all that high school stuff and then leave for college. But he actually, he joins the high school golf team, which is like one of the coolest things. I remember him talking about this, like, that's awesome. You got the United States Junior Amateur Champion on your high school golf team. When you hear he's coming back to school, obviously you're thinking, this is great. I get to reconnect with a buddy, but then he's going to play on the golf team that had to have been one of the most exciting years of your life. Absolutely. I mean, like it definitely took, uh, it took Michael, like some convincing. I, I, I was, I remember that guy, I was on the oh, golf you team. brokered this, you brokered the deal. Yeah, not kind of, kind of. I was just Love like, it. I remember coach, coach Bateman would be, uh, calling me like almost every single day. Like, Hey, is Michael, is Michael playing? Is Michael playing? And <laughs> I'd be like, Hey coach, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. And, uh, fortunately enough that he, he, he decided to join the squad that, that golf team was an unbelievable team, and and I personally speaking, we we uh, we disappointed ourselves at states, and that was that was the year to win a, a state title. But um, yeah, it definitely definitely was great to have Michael on. I, I was playing as like the one, and I was just like playing with him as just a buddy. You know what I mean? Competing <laughs> against the high schools, and and uh, I remember we would <laughs> every before every single high school match, we would uh, have a lot of the guys on the opposing team taking pictures with Michael just being like, <laughs> Oh my God. Hey, like, 
famous one day, man. Like, and they would just appreciate playing with him, and I would just be by his side, you know, playing golf, and it was just a couple friends having some fun, you know. It was great. Did you ever think of saying, if you don't play on the team, you could find a new best friend? I mean, that probably <laughs> is what, I mean, you had to like gone to the well at least once to try and think about getting him on the team. Yeah. So like when, when he was thinking about it, eventually like I was just like, Michael, you're playing like, you know, you don't, you don't really have an option. So. <laughs> and then he decided, so he was like, okay, fine. Um, and I also, I, I forced Michael to do a couple of things. He was, he was also the manager of my hockey team, which I forced him to do. And with, with Parker, my buddy Parker. So they managed our hockey team too, which so a couple of things like I could, I, I don't know. I have some leverage on Mike. I could just convince him to do it, you know, and he'll do it. Uh, I just showed what a like, supportive friend he is. Yeah. What what kind of managerial skills does Michael Thurbortson have around a, around a high school hockey team? I, I'm I'm thinking this this episode's kind of veering off into that direction of of maybe what does that really entail? So Ma- Massachusetts public school hockey gets like pretty competitive, and he my coach was really specific with his instructions like about what our managers had to do, and he wanted to know every single shot, what was like on net, and what was on net. Um, how many offsides there were. Oh, he's running um, stats. Oh, this yeah, is great. Yeah. Okay. Who's, who's like, who scores, like who's, who's the assist by. So like my, my, and then every, after every single period, we would analyze like the statistics that he'd be keeping track of. And we would try and improve on it based off of those. But, um, Michael, Michael was pretty good with it. And every single time he walked into the locker room between like the intermission, I, I don't know if I'm out of curse on here, but I, but um, we've had people do that before. Yeah, but he was just like, "Let's fucking go!" and he like give me a good look and like would be like, "Like, come on, come on!" and like he would just be, he he would get so hat fired up. I, I know there's like a picture I think on my Instagram of like him going nuts after like I I scored a big goal or something like that, and um he would get really into it and and he cared a lot. And then also the little a little side of why he did it, a little kicker was uh the apparel he got free apparel. So <laughs> shocker, <laughs> I mean. Out though, because he's all sponsored. But <laughs> no, I mean, of course. I mean, anyone. I mean, look, I don't care how big you are, but at, at that at that part of everyone's life, hell, right now, hey, you want free shirts? You want free shoes? I mean, hey, I mean, no one's going to turn that down. At the end of the day, he's just a kid, right? Yeah, of course, we all are. So, um, all right. So he go. You're you're at the University of Wisconsin, still there. Are you? Let me actually rephrase. Are you business finance? What's your major? I'm a personal finance major, okay. like financing. Perfect. Yeah. So you guys go to college. He's off to Stanford. You are at Wisconsin, personal finance major, and you're kind of going your separate ways. And I think the first time I met you is when you were caddying for for Michael at the Western Amateur. And I guess that was maybe your second time on the bag for him. Um, the first was, I mean, hell, your first was at the Northeast Amateur, one of the most prestigious amateur tournaments of the summer of really the entire uh, amateur golf calendar you know it's one thing you know you guys are buddies hey you want to come hang this summer and loop for me you know at some point it's a buddy's trip but then also you realize that you know it's it's kind of a job you got to you know do the right things for him just kind of like he did the right things for for you uh, with with the hockey team um, what was kind of your first experience like at the northeast dam looping for him and kind of stepping inside the ropes not just as you know a buddy but also like hey i gotta help this guy navigate this golf course right um so i've been like i've been familiar with the game and of, and of course i've been around michael's game for years and i feel like i was i was really honored when he just asked me he said hey drew like let's 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 go do this you want to start you want to start looping for me and I'm like, for sure man i would love to and um 
this was right before Michael started to really like explode. I know that he's been like around like the the game for so long and had so much success, but recently this is right. This was the summer where he he really took off and and the Northeast was our first of my first event and his first event of the summer, I believe, and became tied for 11th or tied for 14th. I forget, but um, just like that experience of just like being able to really really understand how Michael worked on the golf course during competition i feel like that that i know michael has like obviously a buddy and like going to play with him during just for fun you know but um and i just saw how like i just i I just saw like a whole different side of michael and i knew after the first 18 that like wow this is this is really gonna work because we were both able to focus and while we're like while we're able to focus and 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 really navigate a golf course we also know each other so well and um, he doesn't really need to have a filter with me or I need to, I don't need to have a filter with him. And right. I just know it works. You know what I mean? So I feel like that that's what like really clicked. And after the first 18, I think that we both realized, Hey, like this could be like pretty special. Like we, like we didn't even play that great that week, you know? And like, we were in like the top 15, you know? And, and that's where like we, and like, that's where we knew that we became top 15 in our first time. And like, we were only learning and then we're only developing and, maybe we can make a run at this thing in the future. So I, I think that, yeah, after that first, first 18 holes, like I said, that's where like we, we really knew that we were going to click and yeah, I don't really know how to continue. No, but. no. I mean, now the one thing I wanted to ask you is that, you know, you've obviously been around him so much and you've seen the way he hits the ball and, you know, for, for you, I mean, how many 300 yard drives have you seen him hit? I mean, that's not really going to, going to wow you or, or just, you know, cause you to take a step back. But I'm, I'm thinking that first tournament, seeing how he approached the game from, you know, as while catting for him, I'm guessing that had to have been a very enlightening experience for you where it's not just hitting the shots. It's actually the thought process that goes into it. Right. I mean, like the thought process that goes into it is really all I, I can do. You know what I mean? He's all, his execution is what puts the, puts the score in the card, but um, just him also just like believing, believing in me, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. like when we're, talking about like a club or we're talking about a certain type of shot. You want to say, you want to bump it. You want to, you want to throw it up. Um, you know, if this puck going right and left, et cetera. But, um, he just, he really does have like a lot of belief in me and, um, just being able to like work with him and, and really, really talk and analyze a shot. I mean, like it is like, it's, it, it's really nice. And also like, he'll, he'll give, he'll give me some shit. Like if I, Hey, like we, we messed up, like, you know, like, like that, that club wasn't right. And then I'll be like, and then we'll think about it and we'll be like, oh man, like, how did we miss that? Like, how did we miss that? But it's always we, you know, it's never like yeah. I, but like, that's why, like, also like we, we like, we like, we were like work really well and why he is executing great. But, um, I also have just a hundred percent confidence that he's going to, he's going to execute the shot. You know what I mean? And and I don't think that there's a lot of guys on the planet that have the ability to do what he's able to do. I, I, I remember in the Northeast amateur though, sometimes like I, I remember in, so the first couple rounds I would be like, Oh, let me watch how he plays and see how I can maybe improve. And he, yeah, I, he tends to be a little bit aggressive. Sometimes he wants to get it all back at like once. Right. I feel like recently that's like where we've been, we've been a lot better and, and, and like being able to be like, Hey, let's take a step back. Let's not try and get it all back right here. And let's, let's take, let's do the smart thing rather than the, like the miraculous thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I know you could pull it off, but 
at the same time, like we're trying to, I spoke to his dad and his coach and being like, Hey, like, it's all about probability and maximizing your probability. And, and if I was going to play this hole a hundred times, how would I get my best score? If I was going to play this hole a hundred times, not the one time, do you know what I, you know what I'm trying to no, say? No, absolutely. It's, it's not, you know, you, just cause you made a bogey on the seventh hole, it doesn't mean that you have to go for the low percentage approach on the eighth hole just to recoup what happened on seven. What's what happened at, on seven's done. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. And um, I feel like that that's like been like a huge improvement that like we've been able to make and like why like a lot of the success that we've been having uh, has happened. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that that's like, like really like the most like important thing. And yeah. When did you start kind of taking this approach to it? Because this, you know, and, and probably this started at the Western Amateur where you guys won last summer at, uh, at Glenview, but you know, you don't sound like just a high school buddy just tagging along for the summer just to, you know, not have to do a regular internship like college students. This sounds more like you're looking at this as, um, you know, looking at it professionally where you're like, hey, this is an incredible opportunity. I don't want to let my buddy down. I need to approach this the right way. How did you kind of start getting this mindset? Or, you know, did you talk to other caddies? Did you, you know, how do you approach this? Um, I'd say the the first summer I was definitely just trying to get the experience and see like where it could take take me. But recently, I mean, I'm for sure looking at it from like a professional level and standpoint. I mean, just recently at the Travelers, I know that Justin Thomas like he, he dropped out of the Travelers, but I walked up to Bones on the eighth green of a practice round and I was just like, Hey, hey Bones, like you're the best, you're one of the best to ever do it. And 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 I'm trying to be the same. And and I was saying that like I and, and I was being completely truthful with that you know yeah. i wasn't blowing smoke up his ass or anything like that and, and i was like what are you looking for like you're out here alone right now i said i i like i i wouldn't know what to look for you know like i would i would be able to throw a couple balls around the green but i want to know specifically how like like how do i analyze a golf course by myself i want to go out here by myself and he just explained to me he showed me his he showed me his yardage book he showed me like that he's looking at the depth of bunkers and and how you got to come out here you got to be able to answer a question of of, of, of what, a uh, uh, what if like he says, what if, and my player asked me, what if, then I should be able to know whatever the answer that is to the what if question. And I feel like that that was just super important. And, and I'm just, and I'm still continuing to try and learn, you know, I'm really early in this game and, sure. and I know Michael like so well, and I know that we work so well together, but I could always start, I could always improve and I'm going to continue to be going to this PGA tour events and, and then talking to these caddies and these, 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 unbelievable caddies who've been around the game and familiarized with so many players and a part of a part of the player's team. And I'm going to continue to learn, you know, and, and, and I know how to approach, uh, I know how to approach a golf course. I know I'm starting to, to, to get the experience and, and being able to like analyze a whole new golf course that I'm not, that, that I'm not familiar with. And, and I'm going to continue to pick these guys brains. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, the thing too, and I'm sure you're aware of this. I'm not telling you anything you're not aware of, but you understand that this is something that he's going to be doing. You know, once, once he's done with Stanford, he's going to be playing professionally and you don't want to just rest on the fact that you're buddies. You have to provide value to him when he's at work and this is a job or it's going to become a job at some point. So it sounds like you're kind of not frantically, but you're trying to get your knowledge base as deep and as strong as possible so that when you're out there with him, it isn't just like, yeah, this is my, you know, my buddy Drew, he's on the bag. No, this is the caddy that I've hired 
for my career. Right. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great point. Um, I think that I I'm even starting to get like calls and like I noticed the little things with Michael. Like he's like with his friends. He was like, oh no, it's my caddy. And like I just like I I really like that. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. not just like best friend and and I feel like that that is like a, a really really important point. It sounds to me like you're doing all the right things where it's never going to be a situation like you two can be friends for the rest of your lives. But at some point, the business end of it, you have to make sure you're holding up your end, which is to, to yeah. you know, advise him. Right. It is like it is all business. And at the end of the day, I know that like he's an amateur right now and I'm in school. He's in school. But um, we we like he knows that that this is going to be his profession. You know, like, like this, the golf course is going to be his office. And if and, and hopefully if all works out, that's going to be my office and I'm going to be able to travel the world with him, live with him. You know what I mean? For the first uh, for our early years and like in our twenties, you know what I yeah. mean? But I, 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 I'm not, I'm not there just to be his friend, you yeah. know, like it's a bonus and, and I need to be able to learn and develop as a caddy and understand him better. I, even though I understand him better than anyone, I know that I can improve out there, you know, and, and, um, just being able to, 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 to have the opportunity to keep on caddying in these tournaments and these really these big time tournaments that are, have come to us wait for them where we, like, we ever thought, you know what I mean? You I, mean like the U.S. Open at Brookline like, by chance? Yeah, <laughs> like that. The fact that I'm caddying for him, my, my first my first PGA Tour event in a major championship is just absolutely crazy. And then our first official PGA Tour event, having that opportunity to go caddy for him, that's like really just jumping into the majors right there. And yeah. And being able, yeah, we had a tough round at the U.S. Open on Thursday. It was a tough tee time and, and all that stuff. He just he just didn't really have it that day. He was able to follow up with a, a one under par great round and 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 to be able to to really compete and and to compete to win on the PGA Tour. I think that really shows how not only like like not only how like we work so well together, but just his talent and like like how and his ability to compete on a world on a world stage and, and not and be fearless at, at this age it just shows how like he is so he's just an unbelievably like special player and just uh has like a special ability well when i when i saw you guys at the western am last year um what really kind of i mean i was just thinking to myself if he just keeps driving it like this then there's really not many golf courses that are going to really present a, a, a lot of a challenge because just he, when he's driving it well and putting it well, I mean, it was really dominant. I mean, medalist, course record, um, you know, I really think the greaser match in the semis was probably the closest anyone got to him. Mm-hmm. But, but um, now you mentioned the U.S. Open. So he has already – he had already played in the U.S. Open before this one here at Brookline. Um, you know, you, right. as, I, as I said earlier, he won the U.S. Junior in 2019. That got him an exemption into uh, into the U.S. Open that year. But this was your first time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously fans are going to look at a, a young amateur and say, wow, this, this, this kid must be nervous, and especially he's playing in his hometown. Not many people are probably looking at the caddy, but I'm guessing you were nervous as hell during the U.S. Open. Yeah, um, I, I I'll say this. I I don't know about Michael, but uh, I didn't get much sleep on uh, Wednesday. But um, yeah, I was I was I was for sure nervous. I was just nervous, like not. I know that like I'll be able to to do my job well, but I was just nervous, just just for my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I try and like uh, really really hide those hide those nerves and and like I was just I was just there for him. You know what I mean? It was just such a incredible moment for him, and then to be able to have the honor just. To, to hit that first tee ball and I know that 
I think that there was just a lot of hype with the whole Francis we met and Addie Lowry, like comparison of the caddies and everything like that. But yeah. um, uh, I think that I, I was really there to support him, but also we, we had a job to do. And even though we didn't execute it in that first day, um, that's, that's just one day, you know, and then we're not always going to be perfect and he's not always going to be perfect. And, and um, just, but just recognizing that, Hey, like I'm not, we're, we're, we're not here to, we're not here to fuck around. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so well, like, well, and you have to, you know, now that I think more about it, be, you know, it's great. You know him very well, but he also knows you very well. So if you're not acting normal or calm or focused, he's going to pick up on that too. So there's that situation also. Like that you're, you know, you guys are good friends. You've known each other for a long time. So if hmm. you're a little bit off or a little jumpy because it's the U.S. damn open, um, that's going to translate also. So you actually have to be cautious about kind of maybe hiding, like you said, hiding your emotions when your player is going to pick up on it better than anyone else. Absolutely. Like there, there are so many times with like throughout the round when Michael would just look at me and he could, he could tell if like, he could, he could, he could tell if, if, if my emotions are off, he knows me way too well to, to know <laughs> like I'm, or, or if I'm not nervous, um, I'm, I'm calm and, and I, that's the last thing that I want to, that, that I want for him is just for him to worry about me. So that's, um, that's definitely something that I gotta, I gotta be, uh, that I gotta recognize and I gotta, I gotta like hide my emotions and, and really, really have just like optimistic thinking. And, and even though if I'm feeling nervous, I, I'm learning how to really like hide that, you know? Yeah. And, and um, I think that that's so important. Just, just, being out there, not only for professionally speaking, but just like being comfortable with him and having him feel comfortable. So I feel like that that's, that's also like why, like we've had this, just this instant gratification of so much success. And, and um, normally it really doesn't go like that, but like with Michael feeling comfortable and having somebody, having his, his close buddy like next to him who also could uh, provide some insight. That's, that, that's why he's had this gratification so fast. And the success. How um how was Travelers different than the U.S. Open? I mean, obviously you didn't make the cut at the U.S. Open, so a little bit of a shorter week, but still, you know, from what I've heard from amateurs that play in a major for the first time, or even the second or third. But anyway, amateurs that play in a major, that, like I think I was talking to to Max Moldovan at the Northeast. He had played the U.S. at the U.S. Open this year, and he just said like, yeah, by Thursday, Friday, he's exhausted. Um, how was Travelers with obviously a much different golf course, different setup? You guys are going very low. Uh, that had to have been a just, I mean, had to have been an incredible experience. Just not just you know making the cut, but you guys were contending. Yeah, um, I think that the Travelers like um, was was definitely different and, and better for like copious reasons. I think that um i think that the u.s open it was just all like up in his face and and there was just so many there's there's a lot of spotlight on him and then coming into the travelers it was still an hour and a half away that we were definitely local but their depth for sure wasn't as much noise around him and and so i think that him that like like that first round it was all all it took was that first round where Hey, like it was a few, it was a few years where Michael wasn't like like competing in a major or a big time tournament like that. So that first round, I think that that got like all of his nerves, all of his nerves out. And and the second round of the U.S. Open when he shot under par, it was like, hey, I'm just gonna go play golf. And these guys, these guys are normal. And I I remember Michael during the practice round at the U.S. Open, we played with Colin Morikawa, and I was standing next to Mike when he goes like, hey, Colin, like, uh. 
what's one what's one piece of advice where where like you could give me for for these upcoming events for these upcoming weeks and just in general like just being out here with you guys and and colin at first was like don't three putt and then like <laughs> thanks you know, colin like, appreciate but it then he was like but then he but then colin just like being the good guy he is he's like hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna blow smoke up like up, up your ass like let me just let me just think about it for a hole and after on the next hole he's walking with, with colin and colin's just like so I, I thought about it and he goes like, this is what I want to tell you. Or it was something along the lines. This is what I heard. And it was just like, he, like, we're all human out here. And this is just golf. And if you're playing good golf, like I know that like I'm watching you play and like, I could see how you're hitting the ball. Then you're going to be able to compete. It's, it's all like, you know, it's all a mental game. And he goes like these guys, like out of college, like I was saying, Oh, PGA tour, PGA tour, everything like that. And he goes like, but eventually I'm just like, man, these guys are swinging a golf club, just like me. Yeah. And, and then, and I know Michael and he knows that I, and I know that he like really took that to heart and he embraced that for the next two days. I know that it's just a lot of jitters for the first round and going into the travelers, I feel like that the U S open was really, really like a lot of help for him and just like for, for him to settle his nerves and, and for him to be accustomed to playing in that environment. That's like, that's why he did so well. And that's why he never really, he never really fell off. Like, like in, in the whole week, I know that we, we started off and we shot two under par. We were like tied for 30th round and like, we were, we were very low key. And like, he was like, Hey, like I could, I could really eat up this golf course. And we weren't, we didn't play like looking at any fans or anything like that. It was like, we, we said to each other, we're like, Hey, it's me and you out there. Just like, just like when we were 13 years old going to TPC Boston and he'd go out and he'd shoot seven under par and I'd just be watching like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, and just, 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 just trying to like fulfill like our, our, our individual roles. And, and when we do that, I, we really, really make a complete team. And, and I obviously, obviously I can't do it without him, but um, the fact that like he, he always says that he can't do it without me. It's just, I'm in a really fortunate spot and he's just a great fat friend and competitor. And, and um, I feel like that the U S open really, really helped, helped, uh, helped us like, settle his nerves and just go and go and play and, and, and see what we can do. And I think that we're going to take that mindset into every single event that we, that we play in. I mean, that's great advice that, that Morikawa shared because, um, you know, you're right. Once you climb up these levels and maybe there's more cameras and there's more fans and there's more noise outside, but at the end of the day, it's still just, you know, you and Michael and the shot and let's get a number where do we don't want to land it. That can be done at a U.S. Open. It can be done at a U.S. Junior. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's the same thing. So you just got to get you just got to block out the noise. I don't know if it was after the first round. It was after I think it may have been after the first round where Rory shot like eight under par and he was just hanging out in the locker room. And I was like right by Michael's bag and I want to introduce myself. And and he was like, yeah, hey, I've, I've seen you guys like and stuff like that. And um, he was just so supportive of, of of us and michael and and he he said too like like hey like he said something along the lines the same thing as colin morikow and like what a great guy he is he was just like hey just tell him that that we're all just playing golf out here and 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 he could go make a run just like i could go make a run yeah like and he's just putting himself on that same level and i know like rory was one of those kind of kinds of players like growing up and and, and now look where he is like with all the success and 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 just just reassuring me and Michael, he wasn't even there that, that Michael will have that success. It just takes a little bit of time and just a little bit of experience. And, and, uh, Hey, like we, we almost had, he almost won that week. So, I mean, like it really, really, 
it really benefited. I told Michael that it really definitely, I think he took that out to heart too. He embraced it and, and that, that, uh, that caused him to, to play really, really good golf. Well, selfishly, I mean, I, I root for all the guests that have been here at the back of the range to, to do great things, but selfishly, um, I, I want to see an amateur win a PGA tour event. I want to see an amateur win a U.S. open because, you know, back of the range is really all about amateur and collegiate golf and, I really want to see things like that happen. So it was a great run that you guys had. Now we've talked about all this success that you're having on the golf course, but there's way too much time to kill when you're off the golf course. So um, if, if he plays well, does he get the dinner choice or do you have any say in this off the golf course? I mean, you got to remember you guys are still, you know, barely in your twenties traveling around, you know, us opens, PJ tour events, um, you know, what is the dynamic off the golf course? Cause I'm imagining not that you two get into trouble, but you're still idiots in your early twenties. I don't care how good yeah. you are on the golf course. You got, you're still young idiots. I saw you at the Western. Yeah. I know you too. So. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like that I, I made it, I cracked a slight joke or even though it must've hurt a little bit. Uh, after the travelers, I was like, Hey man, like we, we, we were probably going to Nobu or something like that. If, uh, if, if, uh, <laughs> You're missing out on that half a million dollars. Uh, <laughs> he gave like a, like a quick chuckle, and then like I was like, "Hey, like you got to feel for me too. I missed out on fifty grand." That's but, right. I mean, um, <laughs> see, he doesn't care about that. That's the problem. He doesn't understand. <laughs> nah, but that. like, nah, but like, um, that was that was not like necessarily unfortunate. But that just shows like how like well we played. But like in our free time, like we're just we're like the same as just as any other kids, you know? Like like I I. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, we love watching sports, hanging out with our friends. Yeah, like, same old stuff. Messing around, you know. Like, um, yeah. So, so I feel like that a lot of people like they they'll see Michael and like I was like, oh, you don't really know like the like the real Michael of how he's just like any one of my friends. You know what I mean? And he's just such a good guy, like off the course. And like, if if he didn't even play golf, like he'd still want to hang out with him. You know, just, so. it's just the job that he has. And then when you guys aren't on the job, you're, I mean, hell, what, I mean, gosh, anyone listening, what do you think people in their early twenties are doing over the summer? They're going out and having, having fun. And hey, you guys are just doing yeah, the U S yeah. opens. Right. They're, they're going out and having, uh, and having fun. I know that we turn, uh, we, we both turn 21 very soon. So we're going to be having probably a little bit more fun um that tends to happen that's okay <laughs> so I, we gotta wait a little bit but um yeah like like we love going out hanging out with our friends like, like we got a good group of friends and i know that uh, i want to i want to mention parker in here parker's a huge supporter of, of, of both of us and especially michael and he's there for just just as much as i'm i'm there he's there and, and like the three of us we definitely have a really special bond and, was parker and, at the western am last year Parker was not at the Western end. Oh, he, well, yeah. I thought I remember seeing someone yeah. else there, but yeah. Um, oh, we, no, no. Oh, Joey, my, my, uh, one of my really good friends and Michael's friends, Joey Shapiro. He, uh, he, this is where we're going to be staying too at his house. He lives in Chicago. He's in my fraternity um, at API, Wisconsin. And he, uh, like, like he loved super show it out. And like for the first round that Joey showed out for, I think Michael broke the course record and shot 62 or something like that. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, like, and we, we didn't, and, my, and I remember Joey after the round was just like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> and I was just, I was like, what, what? And like, Michael, Michael didn't even realize how well he played. I remember like a couple of the par fives were turned into par fours. So I think it was 62, like an eight under par, but like with the par fives, normally it would be 10 under or something like that. And he broke the course record. And, and that was the first time my, one of my best friends and now one of Michael's really good buddies, 
saw Michael play and it was it was truly like it was amazing he came out for the the rest of the week and we the, the first time with like with us staying with them like we we happened to win and his uh his parents Lynn and John were so when we're making us dinners every single night we'd be hanging out in his basement he had like a hitting net so much ping pong was played I feel like that <laughs> is ridiculous I think we played over under like 50 games of ping pong a night oh god and, uh, <laughs> so that would tire him out people like I remember after 49 games we'd be like all right Michael I think it's done and then he'd be like nope nope another one because <laughs> at that time he, even though he's playing better ping pong than me now at the travelers i think he won like nine out of ten games i was like i was whooping his ass at, at joey's house so um he that was that was who you saw out there and and now he's an unbelievable like like supporter and, and he's a great friend of ours but um yeah parker was not there well i'm sure uh well you got another western and western am coming up at exmoor this year a chance to defend that title and then obviously a u.s amateur um, you know, just a couple weeks after that, uh, you got a busy summer and then you got to go back to school. I mean, doesn't that sound fun? Yeah, <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I, I definitely like there for the 4th of July, but it's definitely gonna be weird just going, going to plugging clubs to now I'm in my lecture hall studying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna really, really appreciate the whole summer and just, uh, like, embra- like embrace the moment, like I've been saying, and and hopefully we could continue the good play going into this. Like we're going into a, a big part of our summer, so we got the uh, we got the rocket mortgage for late July. Yeah, uh, we got that invite, which is great. And then we got right after we got the Western, so I'll probably see you there, Ben. And then I'll be there at the Western, of course. And then um, we got the USAM, which he's an un- and and he's an unbelievable match play player, and I. It's definitely tough to go to go head to head with Michael Fabjornsson, but um, I, I we just got to get there first. We got to take it one one shot at a time, and I know that's just, but it's really true. Yeah, I mean, you can't think about the fact that if you make the finals of the USAM, you get that you know likely gets a Masters invite. You don't want to think about stuff like that, right? Yeah, no, we we know like the- <laughs> I'm just totally messing with you, Drew. <laughs> but we we definitely we know it's like that. That's the prize, and that's in the back of our minds. But like right when we enter the week and and, and the round, that that all goes out the window. And we're just trying to focus on the moment, and I and, and for me personally, analyzing the shots and just trying to give Michael the best chance he can to win and compete. Well, Drew, this is a fun uh, this is a fun conversation. I think it's a unique perspective into not just a, a caddy of a uh, elite amateur but also a really good friend of one and kind of seeing how that that balance is navigated well enjoy your summer you gotta have some really great memories coming up and uh, i will see you at the western and uh i'll say the same thing to uh to you that i've said to jack nicholas thanks for stopping by the back of the range thank you for having me seriously and there you have it. Special thanks to Drew Cohen for joining me on this episode here at the Back of the Range. Best of luck to him and Michael Thorbjornsson as they prepare to defend their title at the Western Amateur. Don't forget, follow along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every single episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you next time here at the Back of the Range.